Welcome to the Gratitude Cafe, positive radio to feed your soul. Your dynamic host and founder, Sue Lundquist, will bring you her own intuitive talents and gifts for co-creating, healing, and teaching. Her show, The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul, is focused on bringing you to a higher place each week where you can leave the hustle of life at the door. So pull up a chair and join us for The Gratitude Cafe, Positive Radio to Feed Your Soul. Isn't there? I feel like there was that show. Well, good morning, everybody. Sue Lundquist here at the Gratitude Cafe. Benny, hi. There's a bunch of shows that are live, like this one. No, they're not live. What's, oh. There was that, uh, he was like an animal catcher or something. Live, live, live. That, like Louisiana or something. He would go, he would say something to the effect like, oh, I'm going to have to think about it and I'll get back to you. Sorry, <laughs> audience. <laughs> the Tiger King? The joke? No, uh, I you know I'm not even gonna watch that. We're not gonna go there. Oh, okay. Not a Zippo. All right. No. <laughs> All right, radio world, <laughs> radio world, YouTube world. Uh, Eleven fifty a.m. Of course, on the dial, and of course, internationally on the internet. Triple W uh, AM eleven fifty KKNW is at eleven fifty. I always get it all messed up. Benny, what's the website? Triple W for which? I mean, where do you want to send people, Sue? How about YouTube? Y'all can go to YouTube. Just go to YouTube and yeah, is eleven fifty. Yep. Yep. Click it in. You can see us goofing off. Or eleven fifty kknw.com. Malcolm in the UK. Yep. You can see me wherever I'm at. Sueville happens to be Sueville. So good morning, everybody. We have an incredible show today, just like we do every day, every Tuesday. So glad that you guys are here. Today, you know what we're going to do, Benny? We're going to slay some dragons. Let's do it. Slaying some dragons. <laughs> Slaying some dragons, but with compassion. Aww, oh, big heart. Love that. Big heart. Big heart. Big heart. Whoop, 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 whoop. Malcolm, you got to do it too. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, is it too early? Too late? Too late. <laughs> a heart like this. I love it. I love it. I can't do a screenshot when I have my hands like that. All right. Slaying your dragons with compassion. 10 ways to thrive even when it feels impossible. Thriving right now in today's world. Well, any, any, any world, any time, as far as I'm concerned, Having compassion is one of my key essence of self. So compassion to others, compassion to animals, whatever it is, compassion is a number one for me. It's one of my morals, my values, and how I how I live my life. Before we get started, before I introduce uh, Malcolm Stern with you, I want to remind all of you about the online C2C program. So go from craziness to clarity. And that is you, you, all of you, we're shedding old beliefs, old habits, those experiences attached to those old habits, uh, limiting beliefs. Oh my gosh, self-sabotaging. Do you need self-regulating tools and mindset tools like me? Well, that's what I did. I created that with the C2C course. You can do online. And that's also my curriculum. That's how I coach. It's a specialty of mine. I've personally created it. And I bridge 3D practicality with 5D frequencies and energy and your intended outcome. So with that being said, you guys can go online to sulunquist.com and look up C2C. We are going to be launching. Whoop, whoop. Can I get a whoop, whoop, Benny? Can I get a whoop, whoop? <laughs> whoop, whoop. 
I love it. Bill Malcolm's giving me one. Nice. We are doing a mini live C to C starting January 4th. So if you want to be a part of that, because I want to, I'm going to see you on Zoom. You can ask me questions and it's going to be really powerful. So you guys can sign up for that shortly or just send me an email supersuecares at gmail.com and we will get you in the know. Of course, get the newsletter. Of course, follow us on Facebook and Instagram and all that juicy stuff. Go to suelundquist.com, follow the links, and you're good to go. All right, slaying some dragons with compassion. Oh, Malcolm, so glad that you're here. Yay! Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, I'm going to do the formal introduction, but of course, when I do the formal introduction, then Malcolm, I'm gonna let you talk and I'm gonna let you introduce yourself to the audience because we wanna get to know you. And I also, I love your voice because it's, you know. British. British. It's British and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you British you do as well. Oh, I love it. All right, Malcolm Stern has worked as a group and individual psychotherapist for more than 30 years. He is co-director, co-founder of Alternatives at St. James Church in London and runs groups internationally. His approach involves finding where the heart is and helping individuals access, access, access their truth. I'm trying to speak. His London one-year group is the centerpiece of his work and has been successfully operating since 1990. Drumroll, beautiful, Malcolm. Uh, In it, he created an environment of trust, integrity, community, beautiful, we're in the right place then, where participating can become skilled in relationships, communication, and managing difficult conversations. The ultimate learning is to slay your dragons with compassion. I love that. Malcolm, welcome, love. Thank you so much, Sue. Hi, lovely to see you. Thank you. All right, love. Of course, I've got your beautiful bio, but let's get to know you, your backstory, because you've obviously walked your talk, right? I mean, Um, I I think it's a process. I am (laughs) in the process of walking my talk more than I have done before, but there are always blind spots. So I'm I'm wary of people who say they've got it, you know, and I'm certainly on a path where I'm practicing it. That's That's for sure. Yes, fostering it, integrating it in different aspects of life. The audience, um, I I coined this, Malcolm. This is pretty clever. I was talking on the radio with a guest a few years back. And I said, no, we just got to have the CCs in life. And it's the compassionate curiosity for ourselves and others because it takes that, you know, the sting or the resentments or the fears. Get curious, have compassion, open your heart. Malcolm, I know we're, we were talking about Slay Your Dragons with Compassion, your book, but I'd like to know, and I'd like that audience to know a bit about your backstory and how you got to this beautiful book. Um, well, the interesting thing is, it is a beautiful book, and I never expected to write a beautiful I've written two books before. They were good. They were workmanlike, and they were about relationships, and they were fine. But in 2014, my daughter, Melissa, took her own life. And, I, you know, whenever I talk about it, I don't know whether what's going to happen. And, and I'm really comfortable with my own feelings that come up around it as well. And that led me on an incredible journey. It is leading me on an incredible journey. 
Um, it was one of the most shocking things that could have happened. I was midway through running a group. I was three and a half days into a four and a half day group, residential. And I heard about it in the lunch break. And I came back after the lunch break and I said to one of the guys in the group, my daughter's taken her own life. Can you run this session this afternoon? And he was also a psychotherapist, fortunately. And he did a grief circle. And he said, um, those of you who've lost a parent step forward and about the group of 16, about seven or eight people step forward. Those of you who've lost a sibling or a dearly close friend step forward, four or five step forward. Uh, those of you who've, who've lost a child step forward and it was just me. And in that moment, it landed. In that moment, my life changed because mm. it hadn't really landed before. The shock takes a while to come into the system. Yes. And one of the first things I did, well, what was interesting is the group just took me to their hearts. You, when you run a group, you don't take center stage. But in that afternoon, I took center stage with the willingness and the love of the group. And surrounded by love and care, this group had been working together for a year. So there was a lot of love and care in that group. I felt so thoroughly nurtured by it in that space. It was, it was pure magic, pure beauty. So um, the next morning, one of the first things I did was I wrote a poem because I felt like something in me had to come through. And with grief, you don't, there are a number of different things that could happen. I could have just gone into sort of wailing and gnashing of teeth. I didn't, it was, you know, it was, um, it, it's like it came on in bits and pieces, but I wrote a poem the next morning and that felt, I posted on Facebook as a way of letting people know about my daughter. And, and I had such extraordinarily beautiful responses. It just really um, heartened me as well. And um, then I, I joined this um, a suicide support group for people who've been bereaved by suicide, learned an awful lot from people who are on the same journey as me and went into therapy. I hadn't been in therapy for years, except in supervision. And, um, and I wasn't ready for it. It's like, you know, I was theorizing, but not feeling. But then I started speaking. I, I give lectures and I started speaking. And, um, and, and I found that the, the feelings came through while I was speaking. And I realized that this was part of it. Melissa was now part of my gig, as it were. Oh. And it was, it was really beautiful. And, um, uh, and about 2018, I met up with a, a friend of mine um, called Ben Crave, and um, he he said, let's do a book. You know, I'll, I'll support you. He's an editor and a writer. And so we went on Zoom. We put a proposal into Watkins, and we went on Zoom two mornings a week. It was really religious. Two mornings a week. We plotted in the time from 9.30 to 11.30, and then we did extras as well. And we started to let this unravel. And the extraordinary thing is, I once read a book by a woman called Taylor Caldwell called um, Dialogues with the Devil. And she said halfway through writing the book, she realized that she was actually having the dialogues. And as I was partway through writing this book, I realized, and I'm definitely not of a mystical bent, although I have a strong spiritual side, I realized that Melissa's spirit was guiding this book. And oh. it came out in just, it was perfect. And it's like, I, I almost couldn't believe it. And like Ben felt like the architect was building structure and I just felt like I was flowing with the material. Oh. And it was, it was absolutely, it said everything I wanted to say. It linked it with all of the things I've learned in my groups from people who've been in my groups and told lots of group stories. But it also shared, I shared a lot about myself, my personal life and what I'd learned in that journey. And realized, even though I hate the 10 ways to do this and 15 ways to do that and eight ways to do that, <laughs> I, I, there, were, I, there were some practices that I actually was already engaged in that were helping me through this really 
difficult time. And so I started to map those practices. And that's what the book is about, is mapping those practices, because it happens to be exceptionally timely, thriving when it feels impossible. It feels bloody crazy out there right now. So that's a professor. Right? Yeah, yes. It does. 10 ways to thrive even when it's not possible or you feel it is yeah. impossible. Now, the amazing thing is, Sue, just before we go into it, is that, is that I sent the book to, once I'm writing it, I started sending it to people who I, I knew would, you know, would, would, either, would either like it or not, who could give me endorsements. And um, the Eckhart first person to respond to me was, was Liz Gilbert. Um, yes, Liz Gilbert, Eckhart um, Tolle, I love it. Jack Cornfield, every, I love Eckhart it. Eckhart Tolle, Craig David. And I, you know, I, they were people I knew. I didn't just go cold to people, but all of them were touched by the book. And that was what was amazing. So touched by the book, touched by a true story, touched by Malcolm's experience through his grief and walking his talk. He's created 10 steps, 10, 10 ways. You, you languaged it different a minute ago. What did you say? The, ten the ways book to said ten ways. Even when it feels impossible is the subject. Yeah, but you, you were calling it something else. I, tools. Practices. What? Practices. That was it. Practices. Yeah, because it is a practice, right? And we have Absolutely to integrate is. it. Yep. Hands down, and audience knows this. This is not fast food. This is a practice. This is an evolution. That's why I bring people like yourself on here that can that can really talk and dive into real life ways to thrive. And yours is through compassion. Tell me what compassion means for you. It means recognizing that each of us is a lot more than this bunch of bones and skin and face and dress that we wear. <laughs> That each yeah. of us is part of the ocean, is a part of the divine. Um, and, and that actually by, if we don't see what another is, if it's, say another person comes at us angrily, if we take it personally, we, we just play out the same roles we've always played out. But if we recognize that something's going on in them and can hold a place of compassion, hold a place of recognizing that this is also a beautiful being and right now they're going through something, and, um, and maybe there's something to hear in that anger as well, but it's like, if we don't get caught, then we start to be able to communicate at another level down from where we've been communicating. Mm. I love that. And being able to, well, one, stand in that awareness. I talk about that a lot. And having that awareness versus denial or defensiveness, resentment, yeah. the opposing side. So yeah. having, like Malcolm was talking about, having that awareness that somebody is going through something and not taking it personally, that whole not taking it personally. I raised three daughters myself, and that's a Petri dish of not taking things personally. Oh my yeah. God, help me. Whoa. But that it's been a great lesson for me. But going back to holding space, Malcolm, like you were talking about, holding that sacred space when it is obvious that somebody's going through something, if they are in a trigger and you are able to step back, hold that space and go, mm, I'm going to stand in awareness. I'm not going to go unconscious and I'm going to hold space for this XYZ person because this isn't normally how they show up. Yeah. That right there is the magic sauce, really. And if you're in, a, in an intimate relationship with another, what a great oh. place to practice that. Wow, totally. Okay. 
So what does it mean to tune into the elusive sixth sense and how can that be strengthened? Let's get into the nuts and bolts. What is that and how do you define it and how can we get it stronger? <clears throat> well, working as I have done for, for about 35 years running groups, I'm constantly in a place where I'm working with my sixth sense. There's a muscle that I've been applying again and again and again so that becomes strong. So our logical mind, and Eckhart Tolle talks about this, that actually our mind can be the biggest trap and an addiction to going to thinking, to work things through. Our logical mind wants to take things where the ego wants it. Our intuition, our sixth sense, our radar, as I call it in this book, is actually the place where wisdom can come through from an unsought after place. I'll give you an example of that. I was once in a group and um, someone said to me, um, oh, I see, a, I see a man laughing in your belly. And I said, what does he look like? He said, he's got a long beard and, da, 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 and all this sort of stuff. And it was basically a guru that I'd signed up to and never left the organization. This is my, my much younger days. And she said, send the letter. She tuned into something. And I sent the letter dis disengaging with this guru figure and uh, it felt like something got released in me. She had tuned in. You would never have found that through intuition. So wow. Oh, I'm really totally, absolutely. You're speaking my language. Yeah. Right. Good. It's not really my language normally. So that's good. <laughs> that that's good. Yeah. Yes. Ah, oh, so you sent off the letter. And so you I sent off the letter and, and, and resigned from that, that, um, that structure. And, and, and you know, it felt like something had shifted, something had lifted off me. And, and very often we're getting intuitive responses to things. We'll get a feeling maybe that we want to ring someone and they ring us, you know, so it's like yep. we've actually sort of, you know, those, these are, these are radar things. Oh yes. <coughs> you, I love how you call it radar. Is that your practical mind going, Oh, it's radar. It's not intuition. I'm not well, going to go. <laughs> I think radar is, 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 it's like, it is intuition, but it has to be worked with. And radar for mm -hmm. me means actually feeling your way into that place where you're going to take some silence around it, where you're going to actually allow your intuition some space. You're also going to tune into when the right time to have dialogues is. You can blow a conversation by choosing the wrong time. So a husband's just off to work. The wife calls out and says, I'm really upset about it. He said, I can't do it right now. She feels rejected. He feels like, oh God, you know, what have I done? And there's a load of stuff that happens later on in the evening. But actually, oh, yeah. if we can choose our dialogues, and Thich Nhat Hanh, the great Vietnamese Buddhist master, um, he has a lovely example in one of his books. He said, um, a, a, a man's talking to his wife. And he said, my darling, I was really hurt when you said that. Could we meet on Friday evening and talk about that? And it's like, <laughs> he knew that on Friday evening at the end of the week, there's space to talk. And they took the space and landed it. So there's a wisdom in choosing the right time, the right place, and also the right intonation that actually we're not accusing. We're actually looking at trying to understand something. I love that. You know what comes up for me, Malcolm, when you say, and, and I'm going to uh, the example, the great example that you just shared. Well, can we wait till Friday to talk about this? My mind then goes, I don't know if I can wait till Friday. I can hear the audience going, wait a minute, wait till Friday. Then I'm going to be like a blah. My head's going to be exploding because I'm going to be thinking up things in my own head instead of actually having a, a legit conversation. So is that where compassion comes in? I hear. I think that is where compassion. It's a recognition that actually the, the, this dialogue is important yes. and needs to take place at a time when both of you have got some freedom and some capacity. Yes. And also that 
we make a practice. So maybe you you choose during that time where you're going, wow, maybe you, you, ring, you ring one of your friends and say, hey, you know, like, I, I, you know, we've had this stuff going on and, and I'd really like some input. So you start to activate one of the, the, um, uh, the exercises like in the book. Hmm? Like vent it off? Yeah, you, but also that you, you're looking for honest reflection. You're looking for a place where you're going to yeah, get received. Yeah. And one of the yeah. one of the practices I've listed in the book is about finding your sangha, which is a, which is a Buddhist term for, for community of like-minded others. Yes. So if we if we look to find our sangha, our community, then we've got people we can turn to and go, hey, you know, can you give me some reflection on this? Not someone who's going to say, oh, he's a really lousy yeah, guy. No. Forget about him. Yeah. But someone who's going to actually hear you and be able to reflect for you. <laughs> oh, I had a sneeze. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, I love that. Finding your Sanger, S-A-N-G-H-A, Sanger. Sanger. Oh, I've heard that before. Yeah, okay, it's, a Buddhist, it's a Buddhist term. And I, I think a lot of the ideas have been influenced by Buddhism. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, I think Buddhism is a very interesting philosophy and, and I draw on it where I can as well. It's a modality, right? Modality exactly. in the sense, you know, everybody's got their modalities, their tools. So whatever brings you to heart center, whatever brings you back to compassion, use it. Uh, if it's chopsticks, if it's Buddha, if it's slaying dragons, if it's my Levi, whatever it is. Yes. All right. I love that. We were, I love that. I love that. And yes, finding your tribe. So we were, we we're talking to Malcolm audience about 10 ways to thrive, even when it's, um, when it is impossible. One of the tools he's like, find your tribe. Somebody Absolutely. that's one that's not going to pacify you. Somebody that you can really have an honest, genuine conversation with, with truth. Ah, you know what? That's a great segue. What about your truth? Can we define that? I talk a lot about that because during my journey, I didn't even know what my truth was. I didn't know. I, I didn't know what love was. I didn't know what self-love was. I had to do, it was like, I was tore wide open and I had to go restructure and reclaim myself. And that you heard me talking about the C2C and my coaching practice. And it is all of those self-regulating tools like the CCs, compassionate curiosity. But I love having that conversation with my guests. What is, what is your truth? Finding your truth. How do you even define that? You know, like step one. I think the more we develop ourselves, the more we have the capacity to tune into a deeper part of ourselves. So our um, ignorant truth, I don't say ignorant as a judgmental thing. I mean, if the, from the place where we, we, we don't know anything, might yes. be that, you know, that person's treated us badly. But as we develop ourselves, we start to find a deeper place inside ourselves. And one of the angles in order to speak your truth is to slow down, is to actually take time to tune into yourself so that we start to feel what truth is. It's also to, to, to get reflection from compassionate others who will actually be able to help you see what's yours and what's another's. And the other thing is not to blame another. Your truth is not about saying you did this to me. Your truth is about saying, I felt this when you did that. So you're starting to find more subtle and more powerful ways of, com of, of communicating. That and when you say I felt this, that's ownership and responsibility versus denial and resentment. Yeah. And that's super, super powerful. And 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 I'm I'm addressing the audience because I can hear the questions that says, well, and and audience, you know this from 
hundreds of radio shows, everything that I'm talking about is all from a space of compassion and love and, and likewise for Malcolm as well. It's not about us judging you. We're holding a sacred space for you and we're giving you an education. So if you find that something that we say is going to trigger you, you know what? Explore it. Mm. If it's, if, some, if there's a squeaky wheel in there and I've triggered you by something that I've said or Malcolm, if, oh, go in. And just like you offered Malcolm, the, one of the tips for slay your dragons with compassion is slow down, do self-reflection. And I felt this take ownership and responsibility, accountability for you take, reclaim your power. That's some of my language, right? <clears throat> and also keep educating yourself. I mean, you know, read, read good literature, read, listen to wise people speak, practice meditation, keep doing the things Listen to great music. I mean, for me, when I discovered Leonard Cohen, I discovered someone who had this, the secrets of the universe as a, as a bard, as a minstrel. Mm. I'm a big fan of his, so I always like to bring him in. So. Oh, you do. Absolutely. Bring in all the tools. Yeah. I know that when um, I find that my, because I'm pretty happy all the time, but it's a choice, right? But there are times where, you know, I'll, I'll have a lull and I will... I'll go on like YouTube or something and I'll find babies and puppies that the baby's laughing because it's just that pure joy and you know puppy breath. I mean, hopefully you like puppies, but Love. you know, some people are fair, but it's irrelevant for some people. But I that brings me true joy. Up um, and of course being of service and, and doing other things like that. All right, guys, we are gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna continue talking to Malcolm. We're gonna continue slaying dragons. And we're going to do it with compassion. We have got Malcolm Stern here all the way from the UK. And we will be right back. The C2C Live Challenge is your way to sustain your mindset after transition and your soul's desire to create and sustain your life on your terms. 2020 is going to be huge, so get yourself set up right now. With this achieved, you'll have real life practical tools and self-regulation and have the answers to self-sabotage, stop being taken advantage of, saying a respected no, and so much more. You can do all that while you're taking care of yourself and loving the whole. For more information about the C2C Live Challenge, visit sulundquist.com forward slash the letter C, the number two, the letter C, 2020 SO number two. That's sulonquist.com forward slash C2C 2020 SO number two. The C2C live challenge. Do it for you. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Dispenza. I wanted to take a moment and let you know about a nonprofit organization called Give to Give. The Give to Give Foundation was created by a group of people who have studied my work or have participated in my workshops around the world. And by applying the principles of mind over matter and the mind-body connection, they've created outstanding changes in their lives or in their health, and they wanted to give back. The organization is dedicated to providing the proper resources to those people in need to gain the opportunity to learn exactly how to change their body or their lives. If you want to learn more about the Give to Give Foundation, or you know someone that needs help, or you simply want to make a donation, 
visit givetogive.com. Those who give don't always know how to love. Those who love always know how to give. Thank you. Hey, Sue Lundquist here with the Gratitude Cafe. All right, folks, seriously, I've got the doorway. I'm working with amazing, high-functioning clients that are doing the work and busting through old habits to now transform their lives. This means breaking their old programming, their old stories, to feeling of purpose and such a relief that now that they have the answers. Does that sound good to you? Yes, I knew it. Give me a call, 206-300-2227. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. Puff the magic dragon Lived by the sea And frolicked in the autumn mist In a land called... Oh, I love it. Oh, live by the sea. (laughs) All right, we are back, you guys. We're slaying some dragons with compassion, with some real life practical tools. We were talking about the radar, the the capacity of our truth, Um, always and continuing to discover yourself, educating yourself. A big tool that Malcolm was talking about in his book was slowing down that self-reflection, finding that tribe that's not going to pacify you, that's going to hold you accountable in a loving, sacred space. Exactly. Not, that's the key word right there. Because if you don't feel safe, I say this all the time. I know if I don't feel safe, I ain't opening up. I'm not, it's just, it's just not going to happen flat out. So find that tribe that will give you that honest, loving reflection and a safe place to land in a safe and, place. And to also go. develop that tribe so that that tribe has to develop. be worked on. You have to have practices that with the tribe where you're actually speaking truth, where you're daring. There are two golden rules to slay your dragons with compassion that I've written in the book. Okay. One is to always speak your truth as much as you're able. You know, it's like it's, it's, there are going to be times when you can't. Um, and two is to never hurt another more than is necessary. And I remember going to a wedding once and, and the, the, the bride and groom took their vows and said, we vow to hurt each other. I thought, God, that's weird. And then they said, and we also, because it's going to happen, and right. we also vow to clear up the mess when that happens. And oh, that was profound. Ah, oh, that is beautiful. Always speak your truth. And that's going to lead us into another question because... I go in and, and I, I did this for myself because I'm a recovering people pleaser and the boundaries and codependency and all that's, that's an old story and it, I have no emotional charge to it anymore, but it is language that I use because it's, an, it's, an, it's very important, right? So speaking our truth, we talked about what truth is, how you do that, but having the conversation and being able to speak your truth and having those boundaries, that's super, super important. You use a different language. Practicing speaking your truth in ways with integrity can be received heartfelt. I talk about speaking your truth or putting up boundaries and saying a respectful no with love and compassion. So how are you showing up? How are you, how are you languaging in the conversation? Being very aware and accountable. 
And I want, I would love to noodle that with you and the audience about how to have that com the tough conversations, loving conversations. That's the place where we really get to practice this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's easy to have great conversations. Oh, I love you. You're so beautiful. Yeah, that's great. Any idiot can do that. But how do you actually do the stuff where you actually, there's some, I was working with someone with, this is afternoon, my time. This morning, I was working with a client and, um, and she was talking about um, having uh, some, some distance between her and her mother. And we started to peel away the layers. And, and she, was, she said, oh, I, I forgive her. She's done all this and she, I forgive her. And I said, hang on this. It feels to me like there's still some resentment there. And while that's sitting there, you're not going to be able to have this close relationship at the point where her mother's getting very old, where you're actually going to, um, to, to, to speak what needs to be said. And then we had her practice it because actually mm. she first started saying, you did this to me. And I said, no, 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 let's just, let's start this from, I'm going to be your mother. Let's do a little psychodrama here. So I was her mother and I had coached her then into how to say, I really felt hurt when, and to give mm. it time. And, and there's something about having the, the conversation that actually owns your own feelings and doesn't make the other wrong. If I come to you and say, you got it wrong, you're immediately going to say one of two things. You're either going to go, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry I got it wrong. Or you're going to go, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with you. You know, you tell, you know go away. So it's, yeah. it's really about, and it's also about asking permission. So I've had that, you know, and I had to do that. It's like, can I talk to you about this? So you're opening, and I also said, open the dialogue with a statement that's true, but that's also affirming. So this is one of the ways in which we speak our truth. So I said, do you love your mother? And she said, yes, I do. I said, then open the dialogue with mum, I love you. And then she did, and she slept. First of all, she said, mum, I love you, and then started off, and I said, hold it. Transmit that. Mum, I love you. Let that be the basis for, for the dialogue. And then sort of say, listen, I've been holding some pain around something that happened between us. And I've noticed it's made me feel less close to you. And then she was able to start to say what was really needed to be said. Mm. And, and in a place that. where the mother wouldn't get defensive. And what was that love? In a place where the mother wouldn't get defensive because actually the practice we have is not to defend ourselves. If someone comes to us and says, I felt hurt when you did this. If we start to say, well, I, you know, I did it because this or this or this we're immediately going like that, we're clashing. Whereas if you can really hear and, and have the patience to understand before you want to be understood, if you can do that, then you have the possibility of having transformational conversations and integration mm. with other human beings. Oh, so speaking my language, Malcolm, I love yeah. this. Okay. <laughs> I do, I love this, I love this. So. Okay, I'm advocating for the audience. I hear them asking a question. What can I do if I'm showing up that way? The other person is important to me versus not so much. I mean, everybody's important. But if I'm in an intimate relationship, whether it's um, an intimate relationship with a partner or I have, you know, a, an intimate relationship with a, a mother. Let's, you, let's go back to the mother example, for, exa for example. What if she is not receiving I got permission. I'm to, oh, go ahead. Perfect. Because yeah. actually what I did was quote my client from a poem. I think it's by Machado and um, where he talks about that when you come across another, you put a, a, a piece of gold in their path. And if they don't pick it up, you calmly pick it up, put it back in your pocket and go on your way. Now to translate this to the mother, 
what you do is if, if you don't get there, you go, I tried. I did, and, and maybe you try again and you do it in different ways, but actually it's not about forcing the other person to receive your reality. It's an invitation. And if you can engage with that at, an, at a relational level, you have the potential to transform the relationship. And I've seen that happen with, you know, with my ex-wife, for example, where I, I have a really deep relationship with her. When Melissa died, who wasn't her daughter, she was a, a child from another relationship. Amanda and I, my ex-wife, and I got really close because there was honesty and there was pain between us. And I found a sucker and support that I needed from my, my ex-wife and from my children, you know, who were also suffering. We were all suffering, but actually we were suffering in a place where honesty was going to be the mean after that. Oh, that honesty was, oh, I love that. Honesty, folks, there's, there's so much power in honesty. Two big buzzwords that I use, Malcolm, authentic and genuine. And that is, that is like, oof, you know, it's like, it just goes to your core. What is authentic and genuine to me in this moment? How am I feeling? Is this genuine and authentic to me? My truth as you, you use that. And we've talked about that. Do you, you want to noodle and talk about? Well, there's, there's your truth. There's my truth. And then there's the truth. So I once saw an amazing play on television about um, a, a rape trial. And first of all, you saw it from the woman's perspective of what had happened. And then you saw it from the man's perspective of what had happened. And they were very different. And it was like both of them believed that what they were saying was accurate, but actually they had to find a place in the middle where there was really understanding of each other and that some transgression had indeed taken place and needed to be atoned for. Atoned, you know, to rethink, to, to have remorse for, is to rethink. And, and actually there was a line that got crossed, but it wasn't the line that she had come to believe. It was a very interesting play. It was a long, long time ago and I can't remember what it was. Huh. That's a great example too. And something that can, you know, a rape, that's, that's pretty violating, you know? Yeah. Uh, so slaying your dragons with compassion, Malcolm Stern, Eckhart Tolle, Elizabeth Gilbert, Jack Kornfield, and um, we have been talking, you know, the first top of the hour, we we're talking about a lot of stuff, the capacity of your truth, finding out what your truth is, a, a consistency of developing self, um, trying to remember everything that we were talking about, developing, you were talking, Malcolm, about, you used the word radar, uh, finding your tribe, um, always speaking your truth, where, giving us where possible. Don't don't set yourself up to fail. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. That's brilliant. So there's a great example I read once in a book called The Shared Heart, which I read many many years ago. And the example is that the man's walking down the street with his wife, and a beautiful woman's walking on the other side of the street. And she said, "What were you thinking?" And he said, "I was thinking about what it would be like to have to undress her and to sleep with her." Oh. This is truth, but what a stupid thing to say at that moment. So we, you know, we have to temper our truth. Yeah. And there's a great, here's a really great example. There was a Catholic nun who was known for always speaking truth. And the Nazis came to the, to the monastery, to the nunnery, and they said, are you sheltering Jews here? And she replied, no. And it was the first time she had ever lied and that was so much more potent than speaking the truth. Ah, oh. 
Oh, I, I, my whole head is just buzzing and my heart is just wide open. I love this conversation, Malcolm. Um, you me talk too, about me too. It's, it's a flow. It's a flow. You know, it's like you're, 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 yeah. interested. you're, you're accessing, you've got input. So we are noodling as you put it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Noodling. Yes. Noodling and playful, right? Noodling yeah. and being playful. Um, what have we been told in the past that we have taken as true and often you use the word blighted our lives? Explain that. Just tell me where that comes from. For which chapter is that? One of your questions. I was just. <laughs> oh, I see. No, that's okay. I, just, I, thought, I, thought, I thought you were quoting something from the book. It's fine. Um, well, that too, or you know, you talk no, about. No, 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 it's unique. good. It's good. I got it. I got okay. it. Really All right, love. Go. So yeah. Um, so, for, for example, my mother had a, a mantra, and that mantra was, "Hope for the best, but expect the worst." So, I have found in my life that I catastrophize. I'm always looking for the worst possible outcome. So that I'm yeah. preparing myself for penury and, and pain. And it's a terrible, terrible habit, and it has blighted my life. But I'm now practicing of hope for the best and actually allow life to present you with something that's healing. Oh, oh I love that. And it's changing neural pathways and it's changing your nervous exactly. system. That's, that's very important. We, our neural pathways can be changed. Oh, hands down, they absolutely can. So changing, and, and I think that's- Oh, I really... can I give you one more example. I've got a lovely example yeah. of mine. This is a friend of mine. So a friend of mine, 18 years ago, was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And the insurance company, because within 18 months of death, they started paying him out for because the diagnosis was that he would die within 18 months. Anyway, 18 years later, he's still around. The insurance company is still paying him out. And what happened is he went to- and I'm not saying this is the, the, the cure for everybody, but he went to the, Ger the Gerson Center in Mexico with his wife and spent nine months on deep juice fasts and actually dealing with the, all the stuff that was going on and came back healed. But according to the medical model, that was impossible. So actually, it's like if we can find our own, our own journey where we are not given a diagnosis of what will happen to us, we have the possibility of making changes also in that way. Yeah. Don't believe the story somebody else is giving you. Yeah. yeah. You have the power and it's going back to what you were talking about, Malcolm, at the top of the hour. And what is your truth? I, you say truth. I use the essence of you. It's all in that same paradigm. Yeah. It's all in there. It's the essence of you. How are you genuinely and authentically choosing to show up and genuinely and authentically choosing to hear and believe does that resonate with my true self? Exactly. Go ahead. And there you are. You're looking at resonance. You know, then we start to get into a much subtler realm. So you'll listen to two political candidates fighting, for example. And, but somewhere inside you, you have to find the place where there's resonance and where you can actually make a diagnosis or a judgment based on what resonates with you. And we've stopped trusting that resonance. We're so occupied with sort of like our technological world that our resonance has a lot more trouble finding itself, which is why we need to meditate. We need to listen to beautiful music. We need to listen to inspiring speakers, all of this, and read inspiring literature. Very important. There's some life with the media, life in general, fight and flight is rampant right now because, yeah. and then you add in diet, coffee, sports drinks, all these, don't get me started. I'm gonna get on my- And we're no longer, we're yeah. able to go, aha. Uh -huh. 
So I'll tell you something interesting. A friend, I, I do a regular Monday morning um, hour of Zoom with a friend of mine. It's part of our Sangha, part of our support system that we created. Oh. And we have 20 minutes each and then 10 minutes of reflection each. So this is our structure. Wow. And we do, we've been doing that for a long time, for actually many years. I, funnily enough, I've just moved back to Totnes where he lives anyway, but because of lockdown, we're still doing it on Zoom. Yeah. Um, but um, very interestingly, we both picked up and started rereading the book, The Magus by John Fowles. And we've been talking a lot in the, in the dialogue about anima and animus, how we're drawn to all of this sort of like, you know, we fall in love with people because based on our sort of projection of who we think they are, and then we have to find out who they truly are. And he pointed out to me that the magus actually captures that so brilliantly that actually it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's the wisdom that's, that's within that story. And both of us had picked it up, not knowing the other was picked it up as well, and read it and used that as part of our way of operating to look at relationships and what we'd always done. And, and he's been always deeply attracted to sort of like, you know, this enchantment experience where he's going to meet the sort of the woman of his dreams just around the corner. And of course, <laughs> romantic. The woman of your dream. Yeah, no, your cellmate, your soulmate can easily become your cellmate if you if you're not really oh. careful with that. Oh, did you guys catch that? Your soulmate can easily be your cellmate if you're not careful. I love that. Malcolm isms. I've got some Malcolm isms. Oh, I love it. We are talking to Malcolm Stern. We have been talking about slaying your dragons with the beautiful compassion, your heart. Malcolm has been giving us some great tools. Slow down, self-reflection. We were just talking about how our world and our bodies, B-O-D-Y, we are just so consumed with busy, with right? And slowing down, have that self-reflect, taking responsibility and accountability. I felt this way and being able to do that. I'm sorry, I was also looking at um, our notes. And then when in a conversation, asking permission, asking permission, may we have this conversation or what and and if they and like you so brilliantly said malcolm you know what if they're not going to pick up that piece of gold they're not going to pick it up exactly. put it back in your pocket and go on right and then try again yeah and you know if you can try until you get the point where you go no it's not going to happen yeah. but also preface that that so preface that dialogue before you say to have your permission preface it with something that's really acknowledging and affirming of the other person. Like, for example, and this is what I use, and you can affirm this for me if, if this is good dialogue. I've used this before. It's, you know, this, this relationship is extremely important to me. Lovely. I love that. That's beautiful, Sue. Because it genuinely is. If, and that's, this is the awareness in your self-truth and the essence of you, this conversation, because I talk about this a lot in the C2C and when I'm coaching you then have to decide even prior to this conversation if this is truly you know authentically and genuinely a relationship that is important to you exactly don't if bullshit. It's not, bless them and let them go exactly exactly and if it is important to you and they don't pick up the gold Bless them and let it go for a little bit and keep going back, and, right? And, find, you know, and get yourself supported in finding what needs to be said to shift that dynamic if it's so important to you. Yes. My, Ooh, uh, did one you of my great, 
Yes. No, Malcolm, that was beautiful because if you're not able to give that person that piece of gold or have that united, compassionate conversation um, both ways, find somebody, find your tribe or find that person that you can talk to that you can um, relieve said issue. Is that a good adjective? I, you know, I'm, I'm losing an adjective to describe, but whatever it is, if it's a fear that you're feeling, whatever's coming up for you. If you're it's not really important for you to, if, if the relationship is blighted by not being able to have that conversation, then find ways to, to have it, do everything you can to do it. So that at least you've given it your best shot. You're doing what you can to make it happen. And if you can't do it, also bless the other person for being unable to receive you. You know, don't want them to be different. Rabdas is one of my great teachers. Um, he's, he's, got, he's got a lovely mantra that I, that I like to use as well if I'm, when I'm just sort of like, you know, walking along, or, which is, I am loving awareness. And that's a really beautiful mantra. But um, one of the things he used to say um, is that if you're in a relationship and you're, you're, a, you're waking up or awake and the other person isn't, you have one of two choices. One is you, you leave because actually you're in a different space. Two is you wait and be a, a place where that person can choose to awaken at any time without pushing them into be what you want them to be. Oh, Malcolm, that is so valuable. And I'm going to advocate for myself and the audience because, um, and a little backstory with me, I spent 23 years with now my ex, 22. And the evolution in that process, I feel that I patiently waited to a point where it was destroying me. But I say that I just didn't want to make the other person wrong yeah. or shame. I just didn't, I, I wasn't, the, it, there was no fight. It was just, I didn't want to make them wrong for not wanting to drink that water or yeah, pick exactly. up that gold, exactly. right? Exactly. Yes. Can we have that conversation on how to help people that are in, they're, they're crossing that bridge right now with that, you know? You, you come to a, a point in your life where, you know what? we're going to agree to disagree and it's going to be a situation where we're going to have to part our ways. Do you have yes, anything? That would be the case. And then you have to find ways of leaving compassionately without mm -hmm. trashing the other person so that you love that person before you leave that person as well. And you're doing this from a place of, of depth and understanding. I'll give you another small example from my, my own life. Um, my dad was one of the kindest, most generous men I've ever met in my life. When I came to him with issues or stuff that I needed advice and support on, he would often respond to me with cliches. And I used to get really frustrated with this because um, I wanted his wisdom, but actually his wisdom was given out in his kindness and his generosity. And I wasn't gonna get his intellectual wisdom. And when I stopped craving it, I was able to have a much more dynamic and beautiful relationship with him than I'd been able to have before. Ah. Uh. You surrendered the control of what you thought it exactly. should be. Exactly. Oh, did you guys hear that? Surrender the control of what you thought it should be. I think that's a powerful message. All right. With that, Malcolm, I promised you, Benny and I promised you to get you out of here on time. I know that you had to leave early. Hold up your book for the YouTubers. Again, I'm going to remind everybody about Slay Your Dragons with Compassion. Malcolm Stern. Thank you, sweetheart. Big smiles. Thank Jeez. you so much. Can I leave you with a quote? 
because you said yes, something very interesting say, before. So yes. I'd love to leave you with a quote, which is um, from Rabindranath Tagore, the great Indian mystic. And you talked before about service. And this is a quote that I've used in my book. I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I woke and found that life was service. I, I, sorry, sorry, I slept and dreamt that life was joy. I woke and found that life was service. I acted and behold, service was joy. Oh, you're gonna make me cry. Good. I love crying. It's... Oh, I love that. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you so much, guys. It's been really, it's, it's been an absolute delight. I hope we managed to do this again and, um, and have a- Oh, lads, absolutely. I mean that, I mean that. Genuinely and authentically, I do. Malcolm, thank you so much. Blessings, everybody. Thank you so All much. All right, Benny, thank you, you're Benny, gonna... thank See you later. Ciao, yeah, bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, to the radio world and the YouTube world. Yeah, um, Malcolm had to jet off. Slay your dragons with compassion. Benny, what did you think of that? It's pretty impressive stuff. I hope a lot of our listeners took away uh, the last hour for some information from themselves. Wow, right? right? Mm -hmm. And especially with everything that's going, I mean, in yeah. general, but with everything that's going on in the world, you know, just really getting in touch with yourself, taking those quiet moments, you know, whether it's those quiet moments could be just shooting hoops. Mm -hmm. Those quiet moments could be meditation. You know, it could, it's just you getting back to you and not getting busy and riddled with the buzz and everything else that's going on. Turn off the TV, watch, you know, and if the TV is on, go to really nice inspirational videos, some tips and tools that you can do, right? You know, I know I joke about you know, if I have a lull, I will literally go to YouTube and find puppies and babies, like, you know, puppy breath, because sure. you know it's just adorable. Yeah. And then babies laugh, that belly <laughs> laugh, you know, when the boys were little and they're just, and it just makes you so giddy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, switch, done, <laughs> right, Benny? It's genuine. That's the good stuff. Oh, it is. It is. I love it. All right. Well, you know what? Slay your dragons with compassion. 10 ways to thrive even when it feels impossible. Benny, you are oozing with compassion, my friend. Well, thank you. My you friend. are too. Yes, always. Even that little bear face, that bear skinny head. <laughs> and ears. It's got to be chilly. We got to get you like a... I know. A muff, or a, like a like earmuffs, but a, oh god! We, no, yeah, no. just stop right there. Just stop right there. Just stop. Slay your dragons with compassion. Let's end with that. I love yeah. you guys. We'll see you next week. And with that, each of you are a gift. Get out there and share yourself with the world. If you like the show, help more people find us by adding your review of the show on iTunes. The more reviews we get, the more people we can reach with this inspiring message on the Gratitude Cafe. Simply search for Gratitude Cafe in iTunes, hit subscribe, and add your honest review. It would help us immensely and we'll be forever grateful. It's one of the best ways you can give back to the show with your review. Thanks for tuning in to the Gratitude Cafe. Don't forget, every week is a new show and you could submit your questions at sulonquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. The show goes live at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in Seattle on Seattle's Alternative Talk AM 1150. You can also call in to the show at 425-373-5527 or 888-298-5569. Find the live streaming link at sulundquist.com forward slash gratitude cafe. 
We'll see you next week.